Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another exciting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. One of them is four steps to structure your team meetings better. We're also having a chat with Christina about Singularity University. But right now, we're going to cross over to Baker Love Lawyers, have a chat with Dean Firth, who is a partner there. Good afternoon, Dean. Good afternoon, Julian. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. And uh, an interesting subject, the legalities of the accommodation platform Airbnb. So uh, probably the first question is, uh, for some of our listeners that are not familiar with Airbnb, what exactly is it? So, Julian, Airbnb is an online marketplace via the Airbnb website where people can list and, and book accommodation. Um, but where it varies from traditional accommodation websites such as lastminute.com or, or, or those is that it actually gives homeowners who are known as hosts the ability to rent out their own properties to the public. So it covers anything from a, a single room in someone's house or right up to, to luxury properties. Um, and it, it's very popular. It's uh, all across the world. It's in 191 countries. And uh, I understand there's over 3 million properties that are listed on, on Airbnb at the moment. So obviously in all those different countries, there's obviously different legal issues. In Australia particularly, what are some of the legal issues around Airbnb? Well, the main issues really stem from the fact that it is private residences that are being offered uh, on the site. So this type of, of rental of uh, private residences really sits in a in a legal crease between the traditional hotel industry and uh, and then the, the long term residential leases, which are governed by residential tenancy laws. So there really is a, a gap in the uh, in the governance, uh, sorry, the regulatory oversight of this area. Um, and, and there's no specific consistent set of laws in New South Wales that operate. Uh, the, the regulation of, of these properties is really at the local council level and it can vary from, from council to council throughout the state as to how they uh, treat these properties and uh, in fact in some councils in the state the, there is actually a, a prohibition on, on Airbnb properties being listed. Okay, so yes, obviously uh, councils have their different views and, and I presume uh, the state government was where it should lie. So, so what is the state government doing about it? They are looking at it, um, and uh, last year there was a, a parliamentary inquiry into the industry, and that produced a report with some recommendations. And then just last week, actually, there was a, a state government publication that was produced called an options paper, and uh, now that options paper is essentially looking at ways that the state government proposes that it may take over the regulation of short-term accommodation rentals in the state, and, uh, and there was a number of... Uh, recommendations or proposals that came out of that report. So, so can we just highlight uh, what some of the proposals are set out in this paper? Uh, sure. So there, there was a number, and we, we probably don't have time to go, today to go through all of them, but some of the main ones are that they're, they're looking at introducing uh, regulation on the length of stays. So um, at, at the moment, there, there's no uh, limit as to how long you can uh, you can lease your property through the website. But uh, one of the, the, the big considerations is limiting that to, to a certain number. 
this is happening uh, in, in other marketplaces around the world. And I know in, in New York, for example, they've got a limit on, on uh, I think it's 30 days that you can stay in an Airbnb property in New York City. Um, so that, that's one thing they're looking at. Uh, they're also looking at limiting other things, such as the, the number of uh, bedrooms that can be offered uh, in, in a property. Uh, and also an, an interesting consideration is, in fact, whether the, the host themselves uh, needs to be present. So at the moment, they don't. Uh, they can leave the property and you can obviously have it to yourself. But that's one thing they're looking at. And then uh, I guess uh, another big consideration is, is looking at strata laws. So uh, when Airbnb uh, came in, it did have a quite a large impact on, on strata properties and, and strata managers. So one of the things this report looks to do is, is how strata laws and, and how bylaws can address short-term accommodation uh, in New South Wales. One of the thoughts just came through my mind. Uh, we talked about uh, the hotel-type industry and we've talked about uh, the, the residential leases. What about uh, B&B-type situations that currently have? Does their laws governing them? Yes, there is. So uh, B&Bs are, are covered by the, the same set of laws that cover general accommodation, okay. uh, and they have their own set of guidelines that they have to comply with. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, I guess, where uh, there is a discrepancy in that people operating uh, B&Bs uh, do have compliance that they have to uh, meet uh, and laws that they have to comply with, where Airbnb sits outside of that and, okay. uh, and, and it is uh, treated differently. So some of our listeners might be considering listing their properties on Airbnb. What sort of things should they be mindful of? Uh, well, Julian, I guess the, the main point is to, to do your research and, and, and you should seek advice because um, it's, it's not really, you know, sorry, not just the legalities of whether you're able to do it, but if you are considering going down this path, you should be mindful of, of many considerations and they're often considerations that any small business owner should think about before they go into business so you know, you've got insurance considerations taxation uh, occupational health and safety um, yeah re really just a broad range of issues that any uh, small business owner should look at um, unfortunately you know you do see a lot of instances in this industry where people go at a, a bull at a gate and put their, their property on the website without giving it uh, due consideration and, and without seeking the advice beforehand. Um, and I guess the, the final thing I would say is that uh, given these impending changes to the law in the industry, if there's anyone that is operating an Airbnb property or is considering getting into to the uh, Airbnb property area, then they should really follow the uh, the changes that the government's looking to implement. Yeah, and of course, uh, with government legislation, it often takes quite a while to implement, doesn't it? I mean, it's only at an options stage at the moment. Could yes, it be months? Could it be months or years? So, Airbnb's <laughs> been around for uh, I think around two, since two thousand and eight. Uh, I don't know how long it's been in this country, but it's been it's been existed worldwide for you know, uh, since two thousand and eight. So. The government has been, you'd suggest, somewhat slow to react uh, to, to this industry. Um, but as far as I'm aware, uh, they, they are taking it seriously and, and they're hopeful of uh, having legislated something in, in the next 12 months. Mm. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see. The, the, the wheels can turn slowly sometimes with the legislators. So, so our listeners can find out more about these uh, proposed changes, can't they? 
They sure can. Uh, so a, a good uh, source of information is the New South Wales Government Planning and Environment website. So on that website, there's some um, some uh, summary of, of what the the uh, industry is about, and there's also a, a copy of this op- options paper that I mentioned earlier. And uh, the public can can actually go online and make submissions uh, in relation to that paper uh, up until the end of October this this year. So anyone that's obviously currently involved in Airbnb would be uh, should be mindful of making some of those uh, options. Yes, absolutely, and it's a straightforward process. You can just go on and uh, and, and submit your uh, your position on, on what they're proposing. And yeah, you're correct. Anyone that's in the industry, uh, it'd be a good idea to do so. So I'm curious: is Airbnb popular in Newcastle? Uh, well, yes, I, I think it is. Uh, last time I checked, there were around 200 listings in the in the Newcastle city area alone. So uh, it is quite popular, and uh, uh, I've, I've actually heard that uh, in the the the, no, the November weekend when the supercars are coming to Newcastle, that Airbnb is already 80% booked. Or that sorry, that is 80% of Airbnb properties are booked. And uh, I understand that there's some prime locations that are on the track uh, where weekend accommodation for, for that particular weekend, they're asking for uh, near $10,000 for the weekend. So, uh, yes, it, it is popular and becoming more so. Well, some people taking advantage of opportunities there. What, sure. Yeah. What, what about operators? Is there an increase in Newcastle people becoming hosts on Airbnb? Well, I'd say that the demand for properties in the area is certainly driving an increase in supply in, in Newcastle um, and just ourselves here at Baker Love we've definitely seen a rise in the number of our clients who are seeking our advice on, on starting up a, an Airbnb property business so mm. absolutely yes I, th- I think it is on the increase. Great well thanks very much for your time again Dean and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some people uh, more focused on their Airbnbs. Thanks Julian thanks for having me. Thank you bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dean Firth there, partner with Baker Love Lawyers. Uh, An interesting subject uh, outside the law at the moment. Uh, And we'll keep you informed when things happen. Time to pop over and have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm well. You're sitting in a library in Sydney. I am. I'm at Surrey Hills Library. It's very nice. Wi-Fi is really good. Uh, And I'm powering through some work before my next meeting. How's that? So uh, we're going to talk about Singularity University. Before we do, though, let's just uh, introduce what Singularity is. So in its very simplest form, the Singularity is what we talk about when we're talking about um, human capacity, the brain and and technology being interwoven so that they are a singular unit. So that is a, that is a very that's at its basic um, understanding and Singularity University has been going uh, for a little bit of time now and they're bringing um, the summit. So they run a Singularity University summit uh, and they're bringing that to Australia in 2018, February 2018. Singularity University was founded by Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamande. And Ray Kurzweil's a futurist. And I know we've had discussions before um, about futurists and how it's very easy to, to make a prediction and you've got a 50-50 chance of being right or wrong. Uh, but Ray Kurzweil actually has an 86% success rate. To the to the um, one of the interesting things that people often talk about Ray is that he predicted um, when uh, an artificial intelligence would beat us at chess, and he was about 12 months old. Actually, maybe not even 12 months. His prediction was 12 months. Let's just call it that out. So mm. he's actually working um, in science-based research fields, I guess, 
Um, but the but Singularity University is all about exponential change, and exponential change is a term that's being used to describe, if you like, vertical growth and vertical graphs. And we're used to to things being on a linear graph, and you know we can track the track how things grow and move. Um, you know we often use the the lineal graph to to talk in terms of where we're going to progress from and where we're going to progress to. But we're now talking in exponential terms. Um, and we're actually looking at vertical growth. So the, the summit, I'm so excited about the summit. It's going to be about global learning. It's going to be a, about the innovation community. It's about using technology to tackle the world's biggest challenges, um, talking about health, environment, security, education, all those things um, that we have mentioned before. But it's, it's all about the global, having global impact. So there's going to be talks about the ethical implications of all of these and the, the policies policies that we're going to need to change, the impact um, on the economy. And you know how we've actually talked about in the past 50% of the jobs may not be here. There's mm. actually predictions now um, of potentially 81% of the jobs wow. not being here. And there's algorithms being written um, around creativity for artificial intelligence and things like that. So what does this, you know, what does it actually mean? Um, and, and how does that affect Moore's law that said we're, you know, we're growing by two? Even apparently Moore himself has said that his law is no longer viable, um, that people need to stop quoting it as Moore's law because we've moved actually beyond um, the doubling every doubling every oh, 18 years. to 24 yeah. months. Yeah, so even he's saying that's not a predictor anymore. So, so uh, the, you say the summit is coming to Australia. Yes. Where, where is it going to be and when is it coming? Um, so it's going to be in February, uh, 19th to the 21st of February, and it, it, we could actually keep people updated um, every now and again yep. about the speakers that are coming. It's going to be in Sydney right. um, at the at the new convention centre. So um, they're expecting people from you know the from the South Pacific, I guess, from um, Australia and surround. It's not just uh, pointed at at Australia, but it's going to be in Sydney hoping for, you know, it's a very much a cross-section of audience that they're after as well because, you know, organisations need to know about this, t- teachers need to know about this, t- students need to know about yeah. how they're going to be affected by all these changes. So the audience is quite broad, the speakers are quite broad, um, the topics are going to be debated and there's going to be discussions, as I said, around ethics policies. How is this really going to affect us? And it, it brings in all those conversations we've had about Bitcoin and where does education go and are we going to have a universal basic wage and all those things that, that we potentially could be scared of um, but but spoken about in real terms and with real discussion, real debate and real leadership behind it. And and the futurist you mentioned earlier, is he coming to the summit? No, he probably isn't coming to the okay. summit. We don't know that he's not but he may not. He, he will probably... Look, there's lots of information about Ray Kurzweil. If anybody um, wants to actually look him up and and find things that he's doing, but he usually leads um, corporate events, goes around talks uh, to corporate organisations, and helps them um, align with what's coming in the future. So, but there's plenty of wonderful speakers from Singularity coming to the conference. Well, as you say, we'll uh, keep our listeners uh, advised as as they get announced and uh, the sorts of things they'll be talking about. Yeah, yeah, and we're actually looking to to bring Kayla, who's the um, the ambassador for Singularity in Australia. We're looking to bring her um, to Newcastle in September to address okay. um, some of our organisations. So I'll keep you posted about that as well. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. We'll have a chat with you next week. Look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Bye bye. Bye.
Christina there with uh, the Singularity Universe, yeah, University, I should say, and it's important that we keep up, especially if it's going to have a big impact on our lives. Got time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one is four steps to structure your team meetings better. And, you know, team meetings are very valuable, but let's be honest, most meetings are a waste of time, especially if they aren't well designed. Next time you lead a team meeting, take the time to carefully structure it so that the duration and content align with the objective. Define the work of the team. With specifically, What specifically do you and the attendees need to accomplish? Secondly, divide agenda items into categories. We aren't good at changing the pace or tenor of a conversation once it starts, so don't try to combine different types of discussions. Instead, categorise similar items together. If necessary, create other meetings to address other types of conversations. Thirdly, determine the length. Figure out how much time you need, based on a fair estimate of how long each agenda item will take, plus a little padding, of course, and don't let your calendar app decide the length. If you only need 15 minutes, don't schedule 30. Finally, plan for overflow. If you run out of time, don't cram agenda items into the end of the meeting. Set up a time to address topics you don't get to, which may only require a subset of the group. So some interesting points there. I know team meetings are important, but as it said, a lot of meetings can be a waste of time. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Particularly, we've looked at the legalities of the accommodation platform of Airbnb. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll take We'll have time to talk with Dale Beaumont from Business Blueprint. We've had him on before. He's coming back to Newcastle in a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about 52 ways to boost the profits of your business. We'll chat about innovation with Christina. And we'll, of course, have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your time company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Colin Powell once said, there is no secrets to success. It is a result of preparation, hard work and learning from failure. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.